This is ScoutCast. Today we have regular contributors Steve, Lucas, and Jeremy. We're going to be discussing some topics, throwing our thoughts into a blender, and seeing what comes out. Then we're going to play the Radium Scout song, Buck Down, and discuss the making of that song. After that, we're going to interview the High Sides. We're going to listen to the premiere of a song from their new album. We're going to review that song for your listening pleasure and discuss why they make us think of things like hot dogs. Bring on some nonsense. All right. So, Disney Plus. What about it? It's been out for, what, three... Three months now? Two months now? Three months and two weeks. <laughs> He's counting down the days. The Mandalorian is over, and uh, makes me wonder, is it just going to die now? Yeah, has everyone cancelled their subscriptions yet? <laughs> no, but only because I have kids. Uh, we did watch the Aristocats Oh, there you today. go. Yeah. Classic. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, found out that that was made, or they say made in 1977, which I had no idea. That's, I thought it was newer than that. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And then the other one, the Rescuers, 19, or sorry, Aristocats, 1970, Rescuers, 1977. And then Rescuers down under like 90s. 80s. Oh, was it 90s? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe 80s. Do you know the guy, yeah. that the voice, what's it, that comedian, the famous voice in that I only put two and two together like like since I went through Disney Plus I seen oh I remember the rescuers down under and the voice of it is uh Newhart Bob Newhart oh god yeah really? you think about that yeah <laughs> just kind of a weird like, I'm like oh that's that, old school yeah that's that's odd but yeah I guess it makes sense now that I hear his voice he's still alive I doubt it no idea yeah, Google enough. would tell us yeah. Yeah. pause the podcast we Google we need Google. to Google actually <laughs> do you what we'll do we'll bring Google home here for us so during the podcast oh, we could just we could ask Google, Google and see what it tells us that was fantastic I watched one today yeah. that somebody asked Alexa they were like one to ask a question about my really credible older senator friend yeah and then the thing responded back with like line for line from episode 3 like have you heard of the tragedy of Darth Plagueis <laughs> <laughs> And then it went through the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. So I thought that was... I don't don't trust anything I see on the internet anymore. It's always... That's true. How how do you? Like, I'm just so desensitized to the internet. And, like, Wikipedia... Like, is that even... It's not even... It's not a credible source. And everybody's just, like, spitting off, like, stuff Mm. from it. And I'm just like, well, I don't... But is it, though? I mean... How many... That's like NPH isn't how it should be on there, but that's for a later podcast. Really. <laughs> I should... Oh, man. I I should be taking notes right now yeah. for the next podcast. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, uh, did, uh, you watched all of The Mandalorian. I did, yes. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I, didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt, yeah. but I have a breaking Bob. update on Bob Newhart. He is still alive and he is 90 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, in uh, Oak Park, Illinois. We should email him and ask him if he's going to do another Rescuers movie. I bet you nobody asks him. We should ask him to be on the podcast. To talk about a new Rescuers movie. would be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he still has an agent. He he still has a landline. (laughs) Could you get through? Do you think you could get through the, like... You figure he's Twitter or something? That's the best way to reach people. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. I'm on the internet. Yeah. What was the one that we were... Who was it? I was talking to somebody the other day, and and the Twitter response from... uh, Who's the girl? She's in all, like, the... She's, like, a Disney star, too. Um... Anna Kendrick, Anne Kend- 
Anna Kendrick, yeah. Yeah, and and you see the 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 dude that plays for the Islanders. Oh yeah, and the whole date thing where he got her to go on a yeah, date. Yeah, and there's all of these people in the responses trying to make him look like a fucking superstar. <laughs> They're like, oh, like thanks so much for helping me like rescue my dog last week <laughs> and stuff, right? So it was like tagged on her and then like she finally did respond and it was like, oh, thanks everybody for this. This like totally made my week reading this because it's just so fucking unreal. Yeah. That's that's like the beauty of things like Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, you where know? you actually like, reach people who like previously a generation yeah. ago would be unreachable. You're not just like yeah. trolling people because it's fucking easy. Yeah. It's like you're like doing something that's like funny clever and and like involving yeah. entire community of people that don't even know each other absolutely yeah. yeah just like i'm officially following bob newhart really so he does have an what does he have he's got a twitter yeah official twitter page for bob newhart comedian actor all-around nice guy wow also on facebook yeah the millennials and the early or the later millennials listening to this will have no fucking idea no absolutely is. not and, <laughs> I mean, like he was old when i was young so. yeah, yeah exactly well he's 90 so yeah yeah good for him yeah uh, that's cool he's hitting we, up the social media we should like that's beyond boomer yeah we like, should like way beyond definitely try and like i'm putting that as a note he was born in the 20s yeah <laughs> I wondered if he had to serve then in World War Two. Holy uh, crap! Yeah, for he sure. would have been. He would have been too. He would have been too young. Well, I think so. My grandfather passed away a couple years ago. He was, he was too young. How old was he when he passed? Uh, he was, I think, I want to say he was eighty-eight or eighty-nine, so maybe eighty-seven. So, and he would have been like fourteen, okay. I think, when the war started. He was just a little too young. Yeah, so the Mandalorian is out. Is there still Baby Yoda memes going around? I've not really been paying attention. Oh to wow, internet. yeah. I've been, I've been so busy with like. Other yeah, stuff. you know what? The the ones that are the best are like when it's like Baby Yoda, but then it's like he shows him removing his coat and he's like ripped underneath, like yeah. it's like Jack Baby Yoda, <laughs> Chuck Norris yeah, Baby Yoda, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I feel like there's gonna be a game that comes out that's just Baby Yoda, mm-hmm. like those meme caption games, like a, and you got a, like a party game. Yeah, so future movies. Any uh, any thoughts on what they're going to do uh, for future movies? Well, did you see the most recent one? You must have, right? Oh yeah, we yeah we yeah. watched it. Yeah, yeah. What were your thoughts on the most recent Star Wars? I thought it was awesome. Yeah, and you know what? And I'm not like the, the two newest ones. I was not the biggest. Yeah, fan. I remember that. Yeah. I was not, and this one, I'm like, you know what? This one actually makes up for what they did. Like it was really well done. I thought a lot of people on the internet are saying that it's kind of a a complete redo. Yeah, like they All took three of them were complete. No, no, no. Oh, like, yeah, they took yeah. Seven and eight, yeah, and then scrap that like well, yeah, completely. And just and said, let's just, just make an entire nine. epic in one movie. Well, what yeah. they did was pretty much use seven and eight to character build, and now we're going to tell you a story. It's almost okay, what yeah. they did. So same as like episode one, two, and three. It's nothing. Nothing changes. Yeah, but it was still like I thought it was really well done, and it was just I think there's more thought put into it. Where the the other two were like. Yeah, you guys just using the same dialogue and the same like story progression, yeah. and then just inserting new character names, you know, in slot A yeah. and slot B. <laughs> <laughs> They've got an algorithm yeah. for making movies. Okay, so <laughs> at the end we had this big ship we have to blow up, and then so in the first movie that's what they do. They blow up this big ship, and okay, good guy A against bad guy B, blow and they <laughs> yeah. blow a big ship. And yeah. the second one's like, well, we need something different in the ship. 
How about a planet ship? Oh, that's a good idea. Planet ship yeah. sounds so, good. So, so good guy, you know, against bad guy, blows up planet ship. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, it's like... They've even got, like, the characters in there, and you just, like, insert the character, like, and it'll just tell yeah. you who's a good character. Yeah. So you put in, like, Mace Windu, and it just, like, spits out Seal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess we're going to go track down Seal. <laughs> Yeah. Not too hard to track down. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now we would put in probably like a little breakdown thing in here. Can I ask you guys how you felt about the uh, the Baby Yoda punch? What's the Baby Yoda punch? Was punch in the bag? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So was that, that was... Uh, it was so funny. Buddy was in was actually in the costume, right? And he's been was getting... That, uh, Jason Sudeikis? Is yeah, that Jason Sudeikis or whatever. Yeah. He was... Yeah, I don't know. How to man, say it was so funny when they're just sitting there bullshitting, yeah, and they're like, and they're trying to shoot the thing in the ground. They can't hit it worth anything. <laughs> yeah, they're like, so good. Amber didn't get that part. Yeah. I had to explain that to yeah, her. Right? It was yeah. so funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Classic troopers. Classic yeah. troopers. The punch in the bag. That's so funny. We, yeah. should, we should get a baby Yoda like bag purse for the podcast, so we just punch it randomly every now and then. Every Somebody's now and then. Just, just, yeah. Give yeah. it a good punch. Exactly. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, we're going to talk about the Radium Scout song now, Buck Down. So I guess I'll start off by kind of describing where this song came from. It basically, interestingly enough, I was listening to a song by Chicks Dig It. Like, must have been the day before or something. But I had it stuck in my head when I went to sleep, getting air. You know, <laughs> great tune anyways. And when I, some point in the middle of the night, it, like, transformed into my head, in my head. And I had a, the melody for Buck Down. So I, like, got up. It was, like, four in the morning. And I just, like, wrote it. And then... <laughs> Yeah, so... This is why he draws comparisons to Freddie Mercury. (laughs) (laughs) So I just... Yeah, right. No, this is the only time I've ever got up in the middle of the night and wrote a song. But for whatever reason, this was it. I had the the melody, right? So then now I need to make... Now I need to make lyrics for it. And so, for whatever reason, I got stuck on this meme that my cousin had made a few years ago for during hunting season. It was like... He had a picture, it was my brother in a tractor, and he was like, and he had a, a beer, like a brew house pilsner in his hand, you know, the big old gap tooth smile, because he's missing the front teeth or whatever, and then there was like a deer hanging from the, the bucket of the tractor, and it was like, the meme was something like, uh, November tractor, beer in hand, only means one thing, buck down, and then so I just wrote the song about that, and it's kind of... The opening line's kind of like a play on the boys are back in town. Boys are back again this year. Get a buck, drink some beer. It's pretty much how most people do it. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, um, what's your favorite part of the song? Favorite part? Who, me? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Uh, I can give you time to think because I know my favorite part. Okay, you do your favorite part. It's because it's a a G chord and it goes to an E minor chord, which gives me the ability to do my little run from a G down to an E minor. And I always like doing that run on the guitar. So So that's like every song. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Pretty much every one of your songs, but it's the only one that it sounds natural in. 
So the other ones I don't do it because it doesn't have the same like the same rhythm. And it's also just filled with all sorts of other garbage. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, fuck. I'll start thinking more about that when I write songs. Be like, do not fill this part with garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I only know how to do like three different runs, so the the options are limited where I can throw those in there, so. (laughs) Nice. I think what I liked about Buck Down was that, honestly, it was short. Okay. And it was a pretty upbeat tune. And we all actually knew it. Yeah, that helped too. <laughs> yeah. That was the one that everybody. It's just like when yep. we, yeah, when we got to the recording part, we're like, well, Buck Down's the easiest one. Yeah. Well, it's also the one that every jam is like we we had to force ourselves not to start with that one because that one's just so simplistic and it just it just it's a good warm up tune. Yeah. So we have to like force ourselves to play something different to warm up because like we always play this one. Let's play something else. We play let's play that song probably five times more than the next closest song that you know as far as your number of times. Yeah. 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 Um, Frankly, I hope that we never play it again. That's, and, and that's what I was going to say. Like, I was going to say, so, like, what's uh, what was the most difficult part of recording? I think I would just say, like, probably for me, the most difficult part about this song is having to listen to it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> because the other day, and my son, my oldest son, is, like, just really starting to get into music, and we got the, the, the Google whatever home or the little google thing and you like ask it to play because it's linked to spotify so you're just constantly asking what song is this who is this by play this song etc and but he's like recently been like play radium scouts i'm like god don't <laughs> fucking play the radium scouts. Okay. so you I'm say like, you say that but uh <laughs> i got into my brother-in-law's vehicle the other day and yeah. uh i got i sit in and sure enough they have the radium scouts album on and and my brother-in-law's like, yeah, so every time I drive him to school or we go to hockey practice, he wants to listen to like, his pump-up music kind of thing. Like, he wants to listen to Radium Scouts always. And gotcha. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, sure, sure. I thought you are just pumping our tires, right? I don't, yeah. didn't believe him. Next thing you know, because he's only ever, like, I only ever played a couple of the songs with him. Yeah. And uh, he can sing, like, every word to every song, except for a few of the... <laughs> it's <laughs> like, crazy how it just, yeah. like, makes an impression on people. And he might not even know the actual words, but he makes just kind of the, yeah. the sounds of the words, because a lot of them are kind of sometimes a little bit garbled or whatever. Yeah. But he's still, like, he knows the rhythm, and especially when he gets to the choruses of the song, he's like, oh, and you, you can hear him singing along. I'm like, yeah. that's actually, like, pretty cool that he's, like, singing along to, like, our music rather than yeah. just some... I got a guy band. that I work with, Corey, and he's got, of all things, and Adam's going to love this, but, a, like, a six disc changer that he's installed in his truck yeah and he's he like told me today the cds that he has in there and it's like the funniest thing he's like but radium scouts made it in in slot number five okay slot so we're, we're not even gonna get bumped right away we yeah. still have well slot yeah a spot I, think, I think he said slot six is open but it's like <laughs> <laughs> okay well maybe cut that part because it doesn't sound nearly as impressive now yeah. um and then uh I only own four albums, so I figured I'd put yours in slot five just to fill space. I think I think <laughs> slot one, I think I know he's a big fan of cake, so I feel like he has cake. And then he also said he has an ace of bass. <laughs> and then this is the best part. I'm like, oh I'm like, okay, yeah, which ace of bass? He's like, Yeah, I'm pretty sure they only made one. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> Duh. Duh, of course they only made one. Did, did I ever tell you about my, my, my music theory that uh, you know the ace of bass should come back and so should Enrique Iglesias and they should be called Ace of Iglesias. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Oh. That's got a ring to yeah. it. Yeah. That's a very Canadiana play on words. 
for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, live in Iglesias Bay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, Ace of Base coming back, you know, that that last year or maybe the year before, you know, with like ma- the band Magic and there's a bunch of them, like a bunch of people were going in that direction. Breaking update. Okay, yeah. breaking update. Calgary, yeah. July 17th. We have Aqua. Yeah. Ace of Base. Venga Boys, Eiffel 65, Two Unlimited, and Hadaway. Well, the 90s nostalgia tour. Holy shit. That's like, the, what, what is that? 90s, like, dance two or three hit, two or three hit tour? wonder tour. <laughs> it's dance actually, mix 95 to 97. I 65. They have the, the one seen that blue song. That's that, that, right. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's right. That was later. That's yeah. like 99 ish. So the little around, blue yeah. aliens are like really poorly animated. Yeah, so yeah. basically, yeah, so they're calling it the Electric Circus Edition, which pays tribute to the iconic Much Music show. Yeah, I guess it would. They're going to be in Calgary July 17th, and I Little think maniac. that sounds like a great field, uh, field trip for the uh, podcast. Field trip for the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> After I just finished saying I have five days open for the rest of the year. Well, now you've got holidays. four. Now you've got four. <laughs> <laughs> and a free spot in your uh, CD know, player. Like, <laughs> uh, I just don't know if I can waste that on Ace of Base, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll think about it. Oh, you said it. Now's the time. Now's the time. So, what was the most difficult part of recording Buck Down? Through one it, it wasn't guys? really on my part. There, I nothing. think we did a first take. Yeah, first first take. Mm-hmm. Everything was first take. No. No, it wasn't. <laughs> the, cr- the crowds, the crowds, the crowds like, oh, it doesn't sound like first take, but... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, so they, they all sound like first take. They all even sound though. like first take. Yeah, definitely. Checks out. Yeah. <laughs> Checks out. Anyways, had a lot of chat about that song. Let's hear it now. I mean, I'm a man's man. I could go deer hunting.
So basically, I realize now there may be a little bit of a weird thing here where we're going to have two songs back to back. Yeah, I mean, that's all going to be done in editing. But but I mean, like, the way we talked about Buck Down and then introduced it versus... And then we had... Because basically it was supposed... It, I had it. Talk about Buck Down, play Buck Down. Talk about High Sides, play song. But now that switch so you'd have two songs back to back so we may have to do uh you may have to do some splicing with introducing the high sides yeah it's bad in most my week alone with my thoughts Watching Rick's textured art film and rehearsing the plot. Most of my life has been this one big embarrassment. Eating takeout food, watching the reruns.
Okay, so that was it, guys. That was the high sides from Vancouver. Yeah, that was uh, that's what we're we're slotting as the band of the month um, that we do in the podcast. It's like supposed to be a small market band like us that's trying to get bigger, right? Absolutely. I get that's what we would. So we're just trying to you know call out other people and help them out and. <laughs> Um, yeah, just so since Steve and I both know Shane from back in the day, um, we figured that would be a good place to start. Uh, so we on just got a, we just got a preview off the new album. Awesome. So that's what that song is. So cool. Yeah, love it. Yeah, you, you yeah. I I, I uh, <laughs> th- th- I'll start then. Um, so first of all, um, it reminds me a lot of one of my favorite bands, None More Black. Um, I like see a lot of similarities there. Yeah, the, the solo was cool. The um, the group, the group like that kind of chanty, chorusy stuff. Really big fan of that, obviously, because we did that a lot, even in our own album. And I I thought the ending was cool, where it just like stopped, and then they just kind of like did that short chant outro. Right. Yeah. Definitely. I thought that was pretty cool. I like the the change of pace they have in it too. So it kind of goes through a different rhythms. Cause I find like I, like a lot of I guess, generic music just kind of follows the same pattern. It just kind of has those those ups and those downs, and it kind of keeps you yeah keep, keeps you engaged that way too. For sure. Yeah, I, uh, I it draws a lot of similarities to a lot of the music I listened to like when I was like younger too. Like I can see where they probably might listen to some of the same stuff, and it's like yeah, I'm trying to draw exact comparisons, but I can't think of the top of my head right now. Yeah, but it's but it's just like something that I would I could listen to, and it's like easy listening, but it's still not like too low-key or relaxed it's like easy listening but like yeah it's fast paced easy listening if there's such a thing it does <laughs> they, they've struck a good balance between yeah. like the ear bleedingness that existed in just even like five years ago and still being edgy enough you know to 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 meet it kind of like meet two needs like m- melody but also like that rawness, Ron, yeah. a little bit of rawness, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would have to agree with you because like I, I, I that's my first time I listened to this band, and I was yeah. like, you know what? I, I could see myself listening to more music by these guys because it's it is like even the, the first listen, I was like, this this is pretty catchy. Yeah, kind of reminds me of uh, like uh, Off with Their Heads and bands of that nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely see the Off with Their Heads, but I also hear yeah. a little bit of uh, pop, which is oh, a little yeah. bit more contemporary or a little more popular these days but yeah there's a bit of that in there too yeah for sure yeah yeah it'd it'd be a little bit more melodious than than pop for me like there's like a lot like pop has a lot of like weird changes and stuff in there right a lot of experimental stuff and which is okay but it's like i could this is something that i would listen to probably personally a lot more just because i i now you know, when in my own, you know, musical trajectory and went through a stage of the the whole, like, you know, black metal thing. Like, I really liked the European, like, folk metal stuff, but it was, like, all, like, nonsensical growling, right? <laughs> <laughs> and now I just, like, I find myself, I go back, try and listen to that stuff, and I just, like, I'm just not, right? Like, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on to, like, I'm listening to, like, that, that band camp that I was showing you and stuff like that. So this is like a good... Yeah, you're coming over to my neck of the woods here now. That's what, that's yeah, what I mean, yeah. right? Like, so I'm list, I'm like, I'm a lot more, I don't know, like, I'm a lot more mainstream now in my music tastes. And this, 
I can get behind because it's like that. It's on the it cut. It's on the it cusp the middle, of like what mainstream yeah. is, but yet still different enough. It's not like cookie cutter. This is the same stuff over and over and over again. Oh, that sounds like pretty good. Uh, good stuff. Great. Yeah, pretty great, good review. Great review. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, from what I've heard now, like I would definitely be listening to that, like oh. just based off of that so far. Right. Cool. I mean, that's just one song. The rest, that's of, one them, song. The rest of them could be shit. <laughs> the rest of them could be shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, nobody cool. ever sends you their worst song to debut for them, right? Like yeah, that, for sure. That, that yeah. isn't a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so they really got they really got to work because I'm also not a song guy. I'm an album guy. Um, yeah, so I'm just thinking now, this is, this, he sent me that a while ago, like kind of during the initial mix phase. Yeah. I'm hoping that's the song. That he wants to debut. <laughs> <laughs> well, if not, then it would be real funny if we we're just talking about something completely different. No, because like, without, without chance at the end. Because this is what's without this, a guitar solo. And this is. <laughs> and actually, he just sent you a, a song from a band that he's like, "We sound like these guys." He sent you a totally yeah, different band. No, no, no. This is this is this is what's getting played. And like, if it's yeah, sorry, yeah. Shane. If it's not the one, you should have got your shit together. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the blame on that. Great sure. tune. Yeah. No, that's a good one, and that's the one we'll do. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. Cool. Speaking of the high sides, here's Shane on the line. Hey, Shane. How you doing, bud? Hello, Stephen Crow. I am <laughs> <laughs> I am doing great. Thanks for having me. That was beyond formal, so I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. But this is the first interview on the inaugural podcast. What I'm going to do here is probably run through the really obvious, kind of boring, standard questions that an interviewer would ask just to get that stuff out of the way and then we can move on and everybody will be happy. Let's do it. You know, who are you guys? Who are we? Yeah. Um, we are the high sides, Vancouver punk rock band. I guess like a little background of it was 20, 2018, I think when it started and I was living in Calgary at the time and kind of threw together an EP. And then I, it just kind of, I got more, I got great feedback from it and I got really excited about it. So I moved back to Vancouver and asked some of my friends that were playing music at the time to join up with me. And then we kind of just locked ourselves away in the jam spot for a while until we didn't suck too bad. <laughs> and then, uh, and then started playing in the city. So I don't know. Yeah. Just uh Vancouver based punk rock band, um, trying to play as many shows as possible and having some fun while we're doing it. Cool. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much covered almost everything, I would imagine. Uh, Genre-wise, I mean, it's pretty straightforward punk rock. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think in previous bands I played in, it was uh, I played in was a lot more pop punk. And I feel like this band, way, I feel like it's hard. Genres are hard, I feel like. But, um, but yeah, I feel like it's on the, it's the punk rock side. I think it's fast-paced has a skate punk feel to it. Um, but it's still like melodic with like raspy vocals. We actually listened to uh, the song last night. Okay. Um, yeah, which is hilarious because we're hoping that it's the same song that you're going to send. Okay, yeah, yeah. But you mean the newer one? Yeah. Right, yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's going to be the same song. Okay, perfect. But, it, yeah, but it's, like... it's going to be a different mix, obviously, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I basically told the guys, I was like, A, I'm not supposed to show anyone this. Right. <laughs> but B, I'm pretty sure this is the one he's doing the video for, and I'm pretty sure this is the one he's sending. Yeah, that's so that's correct. <laughs> I felt 
pretty safe in uh in showing them that one and uh yeah so i mean i'll cut this part out but yeah you'll hear their feedback to that cool but yeah it sounded great so everybody was uh really enjoying that sweet so i wanted to ask you a little bit about uh maybe some influences that you were kind of deriving your style from on the previous record and if they've changed it all moving towards this newer record um right uh i feel like the new record is definitely way different than i don't know if it's way different but it, uh, to me it feels way different than the than the first record i feel like the first record was a lot more um i don't know how to word it like it was just very straightforward it was i think it was probably more like a skate punk record than this one would be or at least some of the songs like it was just very fast punk rock probably had more pop elements to it than this one um but similar uh, i mean obviously like big fan of like bands like the flatliners uh who are also canadian from toronto and uh i don't know like we get a lot of like references of like lawrence arms i feel like on the newer record it was the influence definitely changed i feel like in the writing styles from what i was like literally just to what i was listening to you know, during that time, even I was like, I got super into pop this year. Uh, Perfect. Yeah. I mean, uh, we both like, I think all three of us agreed that that was one of the bands that uh, it reminded us. Okay, of. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got super into pop this year. I like, in my opinion, like morbid stuff was like the best album of the year. I loved it. I've listened to it like a quadrillion times <laughs> and I still like, I'll probably continue to listen to it forever. Uh, but yeah, like, I feel like that was a big, um, a big influence on it, but still, I feel like just trying to lean in to just delve into it being not so straightforward. I just feel like the first record was very, just like off the top of the head. It all just kind of came out and it was just like, I think that this one, I tried to put a little more thought into. That's fair. That's if, a, if that makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. I mean. Everybody has to have a starting point. So, right. I mean, you know, it may as well be your first record. Right. And I don't know, it's hard to talk about influences because uh, I kind of, I just listen to the same music. I've listened to the same music my whole life, I feel like almost. Like, I mean, occasionally you come across a new band. Like, I, you know, I just started listening to pop not that long ago. But uh, besides that, like, I'm, I've just kind of always listened to the same music. Like, I'm, I'm still like listening to Wilhelm Scream a lot. I'm still listening to the Flatliners a lot. Um, I'm still listening to a lot of my stuff I was listening in 2004, like Taking Back Sunday and the matches and stuff like that all the time, too. So I don't know. I feel like my bands don't change that often. Yeah, I definitely know what you're saying there. You know, and then even with the more like pop skate punk style, whether it's Lagwagon or No Effects, you know, I feel like the people that are listening to that music have been listening to that music forever. Like, I don't know how often those bands are getting a giant group of new fans all the time, or it's just the same old dudes listening to it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> at this point it's like, you know, it's, it's kids who are, you know, being exposed to it through their dad. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Cause I mean, I guess the majority of fans for like bands like no effects or Lagwagon are probably, you know, 30 to or 25 to 50. Yeah. Absolutely. So then if some guy's, you know, 35 or 40 has kids, their 12-year-old kid is listening to it now, I suppose. 
or whatever. Right. And I mean, that's kind of goes back to like, you remember when beating kid and uh, going on summer vacation, driving with your parents and what they were listening to. Right. Right. I feel like my parents listen to a lot less edgier music than no effect. So uh, I don't know if it still maintains enough edginess to be cool. Right. To the, uh, to the young generation, but maybe it does. Yeah. I don't, you know? I don't know. Like, I mean, I listen, I still listen to definitely like what I grew up listening to. My parents didn't listen to punk music. I mean, I think my mom, when she was younger, like listened to the sex pistols a bit and stuff, but like around my house, it wasn't that it was, you know, my mom was listening to the Beatles and like Elton John and Costello and like, I don't know, guys like that. My dad was listening to like meatloaf and ACDC. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and that, that obviously has to give you some influence as well. Like, I mean, that's, kind of the foundation that your musical tastes were built on because you were exposed to that so early right so you know whether it's subconscious or not that's where the the kind of foundation is built so right i mean and i still listen you know. to the like all that still too like you know all those bands like i still listen to that music as well i don't think that music will ever die i think that's the you know what people always say or like when i was younger i remember like my dad would say like oh this music that you're listening to will it'll never last you know, like the music that we, we listen to, it'll never last. And I don't know if that's true or not. Like if, but I, I would assume that it will because I don't plan on not ever listening to it. And I think that right. there's a lot of other people that obviously feel the same. Yeah. And the, and like we were saying, the legacy is being passed down to their kids. Right. So they're, they're like the kids today's foundations are being built on bad religion, no effects. Right. They've kind of missed the, uh, the Beatles and the meatloaf foundation. Right. And skip forward. So, I would I would hope that the music that comes out sounds like it'll be a lot more edgy in the future. Is what I'm trying. Yeah, to it would be cool. I mean, yeah, I keep waiting for that moment where like there's this where history repeats itself again, and it's you know the '90s or the early 2000s all over again, and the scene is huge. The punk scene is big again, or you know it's massive. Like I don't know if that'll ever happen again, or if it'll ever get as big as it once was, but. <laughs> For sure. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of nostalgia kind of records coming out. If you, I don't know if you've seen the new Lagwagon, mm -hmm. but that's basically right down to the cover art is basically a nostalgia play. Right. And towards that, the, the heydays of the 90s. And it was great. I really liked it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, they never really put out anything. Uh, right. That. So, yeah. Uh, that. And then I also was listening to uh, the newest Bayside record, too, which I also really liked as well. Yeah, I gotta say that uh, Interrobang song mm -hmm. is uh, pretty, uh, pretty incredible. Yeah, it's sure. good, man. I feel like they never really disappoint me either. Um, and that's yeah. another one I still listen to, like all that old shit too. Yeah, it just never disappoints for me. And it is that nostalgia thing. Like, there's so much nostalgia with these bands. Like, that's why like they break up and then do reunion tours and they're just sold out everywhere. You know? Yeah, for sure. Which seems to be common these days, eh? Those. Uh... 10 year anniversaries, 20 years. Right. I see uh, Motion City's doing one. I just saw uh, that, yeah. Right now, yeah. I mean, it's January, so it's happening now. Yeah, and, and I'm uh, guaranteed what's, that what's those other, are sold out. The, uh, yeah, what's the other one? Uh, Chemical Romance. That was a big social media thing. Yeah, they're all the other bad. And I mean, they're going to, they're, I'm pretty sure they're selling out like fucking like stadiums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have expected the, the, response to a reunion of them to be as big as it was but we have the proof now so yeah i mean that was that big i guess what they would call like the 
giant like scene stir era in the in early 2000s right and it was massive yeah i got i got a picture of you somewhere oh yeah that's, that's actually fantastic it exists every year it comes back once a year on facebook <laughs> and then it just blows up it's never going anywhere yeah. <laughs> embrace it oh it's, it's a part of me <laughs> i love it i think like i mean uh we just crossed off about like seven different questions cool. all in that one little conversation. Right. So that's good. Uh, so I wanted to ask you a little bit about the dynamic of the personal relationships within the band members. Right. Um, just kind of like how we know each other and yeah, kind of like quickly run through maybe how you guys met, right. How you know each right. other and how each of you perceives each other at this current time. Like, right. you know, what's everybody's role. How does that work? Um, so yeah, when I came back, I knew Merle, who's the bass player and does vocals as well on the record um, through a recording school. So I met him 2011 or 12 or something. I met him at recording school and then we just kind of stayed in touch ever since. And he was always like a really good musician. So then when I con he was like one of the first people that came to my mind to contact once I did that first EP and I was like, okay, now I need to find people that want to play this with me. Tony, who's the drummer, I knew him just through bartending. So that's how I pay my bills is bartending in Vancouver. Uh, and we worked together at the factory, which was like this little punk rock bar on Granville, which is no longer there, but it was awesome. Uh, so we met through there. Um, but as for like dynamics in the band, um, everybody gets along super good. Um, me and Merle made the bad decision of moving in together like six months ago. <laughs> So now we're meshing like band, which now I feel like, and it's like band, but it feels like business as well. So it's like, I feel like it's weird to say, but it, it does now since we're just putting so much time and I guess money into it, it starts to feel more like a business than a, than a band, which is maybe sad, but, but yeah, uh, we moved in together, uh, which has been fine for the most part. <laughs> he mainly just hibernates, <laughs> he mainly just hibernates in his room. Uh, but no, everybody gets along really good. And, uh, and Tony, um, Tony's a man of, uh, of, of few words. He, uh, he likes to, uh, keep his emotions inside where I'm the opposite. I'm the most emotional person in the world. I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know, I guess that would be like the quickest way to, to describe everyone. But I'm, I mean, when I wrote the new album, uh, I kind of like locked myself away and, and I wrote it and then I like brought it to the guys and Murley was a huge part in like making it what it is. He made it better. Like I wrote an okay record, I feel like, and Murley helped make it a great record, which I think was, was huge. And uh, Tony, um, Tony hasn't been playing in bands as long as everybody else. So a lot of this I think is a newer experience for him, but he's been great along the way as well. And uh a huge help and I mean obviously just writing his own parts and uh giving his opinions along the way like that sucks so that's great <laughs> nice so but yeah. I think everybody is is mesh as well and I mean it, it's still early to tell but I think um I think that we have a good dynamic and on stage as well I think that that shows through I feel like we try to give off of like super fun high energy performance and like you know, I don't think that there's very many times where we're not like laughing or smiling or fucking around. Yeah, for sure. And actually, uh, when we went through your bio, uh, that was one of the things that really stuck out to everybody was that 
the the high energy uh, performance part, right? Right. Uh, it kind of gave right. gave everybody the uh, you know the initiative to seek you out to go see you play, you know, right. because he did make right. that promise. <laughs> yeah, and I think, and it's a kind of a hard promise to to uphold because it's funny because like we've been now at the practice at the jam spot playing both records back to back. So we'll play the whole first record, then we'll play the whole second record. And like, and when you're at the jam spot, like, I mean, you know, you're rocking out a little bit, but like not going like crazy full tilt and like, I can easily do it. And then it's like, go play a show and you play like 12 songs or 10 songs. And I'm just like, just dead. <laughs> like yeah, barely, can barely walk off stage. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm so exhausted. And you're like, man, I need to really pick my battles here of exerting this energy because like, you know, you get to like the last few songs or, you know, if you're lucky enough that someone wants an encore and you're like, I can't physically do it, but we have to. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it comes, it comes at a cost of trying to be super high energy and what's realistic and, and not, I think. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I just want to go back to a, a quick thing that you mentioned there earlier about the, uh, the band feeling a bit more like a business now. Because I feel like that's something that doesn't get discussed almost ever. I don't think I've ever heard anyone really uh, talk about that side of it as much as it deserves to be talked about. Right. Because right. At, the, at the end of the day, I mean, the band is, a, I guess you could consider it a product. Uh, right. You know, besides being a musician, especially in this day and age, you're also forced to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, I think this is, and this is all like kind of newer feelings for me because I mean, I've been playing in bands since I was like 12 years old on and off, you know, um, but it was like, and it never felt like that up until my early 20s or anything because it was always like we just kind of created a band and like half ass played shows and this and that, you know, it was never taken to the point like super, super seriously. Where now, it's mainly just with this new album, it was kind of just like, everybody buckles down. But it's not even like, you know, you write a better record, you put more time into writing it. It's, I mean, I think a lot of it just comes into how much it costs to be in a band and to put out a product that that is that people want and that you're proud of and uh, that can hopefully help put your foot one step farther to where wherever it is you want to go i guess uh and that is like so not cheap <laughs> absolutely and it's a very hard to get a return as anybody in a smaller band would know right uh, especially a monetary type return the best we could hope for is that people listen to it and like it and that's it yeah and i, I mean if that's all you really want like whatever it is that we we did spend on all of this like, I don't expect to make any of that back. But yeah, if, if if the record could get released and not just bounce around my group of friends, <laughs> you know what I mean? And Absolutely. reach a broader audience, then I think it would all be worth it. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, that kind of leads into a segue for another one I got is, where is it that you would like this all to go? What is the main driver or the main purpose of what you guys are doing and why you're doing it? Um, I can't speak obviously for the other guys entirely. I mean, we've obviously talked about this together as a band, but I mean, for me personally, like the number one thing 
was kind of how I said before, like I've been playing on and off since I was a little kid. But like, I just never took it as serious as I always said I was going to. Or like, you know, it was always kind of like talking a big game and never actually putting in the work. <laughs> and I think that that kind of was the story of me playing in bands throughout my youth and as, as I got older. Um, so now a big part of it is just to actually put out something I can really stand behind and that I put everything into and that, you know, not just the writing and all that, but just like, you know, I really invested into it and I put everything I had into it, you know? Um, cool. You know, you, you kind of go broke on it. And uh, I think that, you know, that's just something that makes me feel satisfied enough. I mean, obviously it would be great to, you know, uh, go on the road and, and, and tour and, you know, um, maybe get some help along the way from some distribution or smaller labels. But that's, you know, that's all the cherry on top, I think. Yeah, for sure. It basically sounds like a legacy thing. Right, yeah, I think put, you can say that. Put something out there that's going to stay for a long time. You'll, I mean, you'll have the recordings forever. Right. Here, I'll just try and figure out a way to ask this differently, I guess. So basically, when you're going to write a song, what is your process? Is it, do you come up with the inspiration? Or are you a melody or a lyrics guy? How, like, Just kind of run us through the process of how you come up with what you're going to sing about and why it is the way you sing it right um i feel like when i write something i'll try to like write like i like all the time but i feel like unless and this maybe sounds like super cliche but unless that i'm like usually personally going through something i find it hard to write something that i actually end up keeping and that i like i end up just throwing it away or putting it on the back burner for lyrically, at least, like, you know, it helps to, like, be feeling strong emotions about something, whether that be happy ones or sad ones or mad ones. You know, when you're when a certain emotion is heightened, it's a lot easier to write about it, I guess. But well, as like, far as the song process goes, I usually start with a guitar, like I'll write something on the guitar, and just like a riff that I like. And then as soon as I get like some kind of chord progression that I think sounds good or that I'm excited about, then I'll start kind of just like humming gibberish melodies over top of it. And I kind of got this technique actually from Tyler Goudreau. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, he's a melody guy for sure. Yeah. So like I would like just kind of and then I'll like hum melodies over top of the guitar part that I wrote. And then when I get something in the realm of I'm like, OK, that's like a ballpark then I can start writing lyrics to that melody. Cause I find it really hard if I like just write a bunch of lyrics to put them to a song afterwards. Right. I find it really difficult to do that. And sometimes it sucks. Cause like I'll have these ideas in my head and I'll like have all these lyrics in my phone and then I'm sitting there trying to put them to songs. And I find it like really difficult to do that. Don't have them like I maybe then write a melody afterwards but then you're ripping apart these lyrics that you like to fit this melody. And it just, I just find it a lot more difficult. So yeah, I think my process would be like a basic guitar uh, progression, melody, lyrics. That's just how I write. But like, if I were to say like, what's the most important part of this new album? Like I would, I would say the lyrics. Like I would like, if like as a viewing standpoint, like to listen to the whole thing, like 
would be to almost like read it and listen to it at the same time. Cause it does kind of like, I'm not going to say it's like a concept record cause it's not, but it does kind of tell a story a little bit of being in a certain place in your life. Um, so I do, like, I, I'm like really proud of the lyrics on this record. I think that the, it's easily like the best lyrics I've, I've written. And like, I'm not much of a guitar player. <laughs> so uh, I feel like, being able to kind of be able to shine through the lyrics um, is, is a way that I can stand out more than playing guitar just as I'm not like, cause just cause I'm not some like amazing, you know, musician on the guitar. And yeah, you know, that makes sense. <laughs> you know what? We heard that solo in that song and uh, yeah, I got to say we're pretty impressed. That solo is not me playing it. <laughs> <laughs> That is a feature from Andrew Peterson from the band The Core. That's actually hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there will be a credit for that on the record, so people are not confused. <laughs> yeah. Because... I was going to say, you really knocked our socks off. That would change. Yeah, I wish I could play that solo. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. I probably should have let you know that. I, I guess now the, your reactions to that solo are not going to make any sense. <laughs> No, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. When you're low kind of uh, outfit as we are here, I mean, none of that really matters. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. But no, that's another thing is we've uh, we've been in works and talking to other guitar players. We are trying to add a fourth member to the band uh, to play lead guitars. And I guess that that would be that's the that's the tryout. If you can play this solo, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, uh, that's pretty much it for what I got here. Sweet. And I mean, this uh, this timer on this app here staying an hour. <laughs> yeah, I'm at 56 minutes and 55 seconds. So so much for 10 minutes. <laughs> now it'll just be like I, I'm gonna have to edit and try and come up with the greatest hit. Right, yeah. Hopefully, there's something in there. I'm thinking there must be five minutes worth of something that don't sound like a complete idiot, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I got some other questions. So this question comes to us from Jeremy, who is a main contributor on the podcast. Sick. <laughs> he wants to know: Do you have any guilty pleasures when it comes to music? I mean, like I have a Blink One Eighty Two tattoo, so I mean, I feel like I don't know if that's embarrassing or not, but it probably is. <laughs> It should be. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you listen to anything they put out in the past decade. <laughs> or 20 That's years, funny. even. <laughs> um, but, like, out of the genre guilty pleasure? Um, I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head um, that's not in the punk genre. I've been listening to, like, I said, like, a ton of pop, which has just been amazing and not a guilty pleasure at all. Uh so yeah, I think besides like having like listening to stuff in the 2004s that I grew up listening to, like Blink and like the Taking Back Sundays, and and like I still listen to all that kind of stuff. So I mean, sometimes I feel like like I went to a Wonder Years concert like two months ago, and I it was like an all ages show, and I was like the oldest person there. I felt like by like ten years at least more, probably fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know how that feels. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I, that's I, I feel like that was the answer you were looking for, but. That's all I have. That's fair. You could have just said tiki music, and I would have. I was gonna say tiki music because I do have to listen <laughs> to that all the time. 
Uh, and there's only like 50 songs on the playlist, so it's just the same shit over and over again. <laughs> yeah, Canadian tiki bars. I mean, I don't know how authentic the tiki music is, but I, fair enough. I don't know either. Probably not very. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, I mean, uh, if you want to just end it off here with uh, contact info, like where people can get more of it, where they can find you, how they can listen to the music, and uh, how they can reach out to you if they want to know more. Well, first off, thanks for having me again. And it was super fun. And um, yeah, Shane from the high sides. Um, if you want to check us out on any of the platforms, it's literally the high sides on Facebook, Bandcamp, the high sides, Spotify, Apple Music, the high sides. Uh, we have a new album coming out February. So next month it will be out. We have a new single and a music video. And uh, you can also find information on www.thehighsides.com. There's a whole bunch of contact information on there if you want to reach out for for anything or just uh, want me to send you pictures of my cats. So thank you, The High Sides. That is all. Excellent. (laughs) Thanks very much, Shane. Really appreciate it. And uh, as always, good to hear from you. Brad, thanks so much for having me, man. Yeah, anytime. Next time we do a uh, podcast field trip, we'll be sure to hit you up. Okay, dope. Sounds great. Excellent. Okay, talk to you later. Talk to you later, man. Bye. Peace. Hey, thanks for listening today. We really hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next month with another episode. Please spread the word and share around. Bring the nonsense to the people. Thanks. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Stefan's Fresh Bread, you know. He yeah. has the best buns in town. <laughs> <laughs> I like it.